0: How you doing family? How you doing, family? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday for me to be back with you. It has been way too long. A lot has happened since I last seen you. I know you've probably heard about my wife being sick and uh, very sick, and I want to thank all of you for praying. And I'm going to talk about that today, but I do want, at the top of the message, tell you thank you very much for praying for her, for me, for our family. Um, it was a supernatural experience for us that I get into. But I want to say happy Sunday. I'm Miles McPherson, Pastor The Rock. Welcome to everybody uh, here in San Diego and our global audience. God bless all you. God bless you. Let's let's stand up and pray. Let's stand up and pray and give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who died on the cross rose from the dead for us that we may have spiritual life. Thank you for the breath and spiritual life. Uh, so let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much Thank you so much for life. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on your behalf and to speak about your faithfulness. And I pray for everybody listening that you would bless them and encourage them through this message. I know there are a lot of people out there suffering. They know people who are suffering. People who are scared. People who are losing their jobs. I pray that you would encourage us today and give them hope. An anticipated desire of something positive in their life. Give them hope through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, please hit the share button. Because I know a lot of people out there are going to benefit from this message there are a lot of people hurting in our world. So hit the share button and get your Bibles out. On the count of three, say word, one, two, three, word. Let's turn to John chapter 11. John. Chapter 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 11 in the New Testament. The story of Lazarus. John, chapter 11. My wife and I met 41 years ago, 1980, in college. I was at a party. She walked in. I told my friend I was going to marry her. I went over and asked her to dance. She said no. I kind of threw a little suave bola on her. She said, yes, we ended up dancing all night together and went out on our first date. Uh, three days later, at least I went to her classroom and in college. And then we started dating and we've been basically together since then after a couple of years of drama. Uh, we got married four years later. And we've been married for 37 years. Ten days ago, uh, I thought she was going to die. Ten days ago, she was in the hospital. And um, she had been suffering with COVID and then we took her to the emergency room and I could not go in. And when they took her into the hospital, she looked at me with horror on her face and said, am I going to die? Needless to say, I lost it. I was bawling, crying, screaming at the doctor saying, you got to help my wife. You got to help my wife. Um, I started pulling out all my cards. I said, look, I play for the charges. I'm a pastor of the church. I help people. I mean, I was like desperate because, I'm thinking this could be the last time I see my wife. Uh, She was in the hospital seven days. And in that time, I've had many conversations with the doctors and nurses who said she would be in their weeks and may not come out, that she was either way, 50-50. And so I was sitting in the parking lot all day long, most of the time by myself, praying and walking around um, and receiving prayers from a lot of you that I'm going to thank you for here in a minute again. Uh, But during that time, I learned something about a resurrection freedom. I want to talk today about resurrection freedom. What happens when something that was dead becomes alive. Now I want you to turn to Luke, uh, John chapter 11 and I want to talk to all the people out there who are suffering. Now we live, our country and our world is falling apart. I don't know that anybody would look around and say, things are not drastically different and there's no end in sight to the change. Whether it be COVID related, whether it be racism related, whether it be politics related. We got Here in California, we got the recall, which is just a California thing. There's so much uncertainty. People losing their jobs because of the vaccine. There's so much uncertainty in our world. And there's so much pain in our world. I want to talk to all of you who are going through something right now. I just went through one of the hardest Trials of my life. And I want to talk to you what God has shown me. And I want to talk from the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was a guy who had two sisters, Mary and Martha. They were friends of Jesus. Jesus went to their house. He hung out with them. They supported his ministry. Um, And Lazarus got sick. And Lazarus. Died, And they said to Lazarus, Jesus, can you come heal your friend? And he didn't go. He went and finally got there. Lazarus had been dead four days. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. And I want to pick the story up at the end. Often when you start stories at the end and work backwards, you see a whole different perspective. So I want to start the story at the end. But I'm talking to all of you who are going through something that is impossible in your life. Something that is life and death. Something that you think, how am I going to make it? what am i going to do i have no idea that's where i was i was completely at the mercy of god i never cried so much 10 15 20 times a day all that uh a couple of weeks ago and it was hard and 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 but god was so faithful i want to read this let's read this john chapter 11 john chapter 11 this is jesus third uh, resurrection. He he raised a little boy from the dead. Uh, he raised a little girl, twelve-year-old girl from the dead, Jairus' daughter. He raised a, the widow's son from the dead, the widow of Nain. So this is his third uh, resurre- resurrection. And after Jesus raised Lazarus, that's when they plotted to kill him and, and crucify him. But right when he raised Lazarus, here's what happened when he when he raised him from the dead. John 11:40 it says. Jesus said to her, Do, "Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? The glory of God." Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, "Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. You know that God always hears you. God doesn't sometimes hear you. God is not sleeping. He's not forgetting you. He doesn't. He's not. Oh yeah, what'd you say? He always." Hears you. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Uh, often Jesus would ask questions, not because he didn't know the answer. He wanted everybody else to know the answer. And Jesus is saying, here, I prayed out loud so they can know I'm praying. Even though I can pray in my spirit. And, they, and I know you hear me, but I want them to know I'm praying to you. So when this happens, they, they give you credit. So he says, now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus... Come forth. He commanded Lazarus to come forth. He didn't request it. Hey, if you think it's a good idea, he commanded and declared life over that which is dead. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Here he comes out like a mummy. Y'all seen a mummy. He comes out, which I I think that's kind of comical, but I wish I was there. He comes out He said, Lazarus, come forth. He came out, but he was still bound. And then Jesus said... Loose him and let him go. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, he's dead. Life is over. Hopes are over. Everything is over. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, he said, Set him free. I want to talk about resurrection freedom. I laid so many nights in my bed by myself wondering if I was ever going to see my wife again alive. So many thoughts about is this how it's going to end. So many memories I was running through what could I, should I have done different and for 41 years of knowing her and loving her, taking care of her, at least I thought. And I said is this how it's going to end. She was in the tomb. I couldn't see her. One time I saw her through the window for two minutes. She was on the second floor. I was on the ground. It's not really seen. Her. We couldn't talk. And then God brought her out. He said when, 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 when Lazarus was raised from the dead, can you imagine the perspective he had on life? You think he was worried about gossip, taxes, bills. He says, I was dead. Now I'm alive but I'm also free. He not only was alive, but he was set free. He said, loose him. Resurrection freedom is the ability to trust in the faithfulness of God. I want to talk to you about the faithfulness of God. Now remember, I know a lot of y'all are going through some stuff. I know a lot of y'all are worried about... COVID, you're worried about losing your job because of the vaccine you're worried about attack whatever, whatever you're worried about you have cancer you're worried about your husband leaving you your wife leaving you there's so many your little your kids at school there's so many things we all worry about and the, the fear in our culture is so high so i'm talking to you and I want to tell you God is faithful God is faithful. Look what it says. Number one in your notes. Resurrection freedom acknowledges God's love is faithful. Now when you go through a trial, the devil intends to put you in bondage to lies. He wants you to go through a trial and blame God and be mad at God. God intends to set you free through that trial. When he raises something from the dead, whenever you go through the trial, something died. Opportunities die, hopes die, uh, uh, vision dies, your joy dies, something's dead. And when you get to the other side, that thing that was dead is now alive. When that thing becomes alive, you are set free from what you were fearful of, what you went through. God wants you to understand that you have more freedom now. The devil wants you to blame God and put you more in bondage to fear. You better not do that, that will happen again. You better not walk over there, that will happen again. And God says, no, you just survived that. If you just survived that, you don't need to fear that. So I want to talk about resurrection freedom, which is the faithfulness of God. Number one, God's love is faithful, constant, dependable, reliable. It never goes away. Look what it says in, in um, John 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha... It was that Mary that who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So you got Lazarus and he got two sisters, Mary and Martha. Therefore the sisters sent to Jesus saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. God loves you. I used to FaceTime my wife when she was in the hospital. That was the only time I would see her and it was grainy and she could barely talk. And I was talking to the nurses four times a day. I would call them at 6 a.m., noon-ish, 5 p.m., 10 p.m. every day. Morning shift, night shift, and then the doctor. Morning shift, night shift, and, and, and call them throughout the day. Every day, tell me your numbers, tell me your stats, tell me your oxygen, boom, 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 boom. And they were telling me stuff that my wife didn't know because she wasn't asking those questions. She was just trying to get better. And I was looking at her, hearing all this stuff from the doctor. And God will say, I love your wife. I love your wife. And I love you. You have to trust me. Whatever you are going through right now, God loves you. You know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13, no temptation, no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. Therefore, let him him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation is overtaking you except that is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Um, God is going to love you through people and circumstances. Let me tell you something. I, I am humbled and was brought to tears. By how many people pray for my wife and myself? Through Instagram, through text messages, through phone calls, through emails, through church line, we had a prayer. It was over. Well, we got prayers from the FBI, we got prayers from the PD, we got prayers from the fire department, prayers from secular organizations, schools, so many churches, so many pastors, so many Christian schools. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. When my wife asked me was she going to die, she had horror on her face and when they wheeled her in, a nurse, I was outside bawling, crying, screaming at the doctor at the top of my lungs, crying, and this nurse came over to me and said, I just felt led to tell you, your wife's in the right place and we're going to take care of her. Well, that lady, Katie, she... As a believer ended up being my wife's nurse for about half the time she was there and ended up bringing her out at the end of the day as well. God was so faithful. And one of the people that called me up uh, to pray with me was a pastor friend of mine in Boston named Matthew. And Matthew's a very, very dear friend. And he's like, yo, man, what can I do for you? And I said, why don't you bring me some pizza. I like East Coast pizza. Well, three days later, um, I get a, a knock on my door and Matthew had flown all the way from Boston to bring me pizza. Now, he had to stay at my house, too, so that was a problem. <laughs> but it's 9 o'clock at night. I'm literally in the bed and he shows up at my house and says, here's your pizza. But he stayed two days at my house and every three hours we prayed. Every three hours We prayed. That's a friend. I want to encourage you. God loves you, but he's going to love you through people. So who are the people of God in your life who will pray for you? Who are the people of God in your life who will declare God's truth over your life, God's promises over your life, which we're going to talk about in a minute. God's love over your life. Who are the people of God that are going to serve you and 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 bless you with the presence of God in your life? And Matthew was at my house for two days. We got up early. We prayed. We went to the hospital and prayed. We prayed during the day, during the morning, during the night, and then he went back to the East Coast. That's a friend. Thank you, Matthew. God's going to love you through people, and God is going to love you through circumstances. Now, I have never ever seen a white dove. I don't think in real, in the wild or in real life except on TV. As soon as my wife got COVID, I started seeing this white dove at my house. Fly by my window. I'm not lying. It is a trip. And I've seen this dove four or five times now in the last three weeks. Come to find out this dove is living on my roof right outside my window where I pray every morning. And literally, if I can... If I can take a pole, it's like seven feet from where I'm standing every day Where I pray. He comes, he comes at night, at dusk, sleeps, and then he goes out during the day. I don't know where he goes, but then he co- or she comes back every day, and God said, huh, I got you. Now you can say, well, that's a coincidence. Okay, but when have you seen a white dove, one, ever seen one, and then one at your house, sitting on your roof, outside the place where you pray. Come on now. God said, I got you. The white dove is a symbol of peace, It's a symbol of purity, It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and I'll take it. For me, it was God saying, I got you. You need to look for the people of God in your life. God wants to love you through them. And God wants to love you through circumstances, but you got to look for it. And I know you may be going through struggles. You don't know my pain. Listen, I just went through pain. Let me tell you something. Look for that little sign that God says, I got you. Because the next point is going to put it in perspective. Resurrection freedom acknowledges that God's ways are faithful. God's ways are are faithful. Often we want to look at him and say, "God, how come you're doing this? How can you? We, we complain. How come you're doing this to me? I didn't do anything. I'm, you know, I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me?" And we're complaining about what's happening. And I'm going to challenge you. Instead of looking at what's happening now, look back before you look forward. In other words, look at the faithfulness of God in your life. This is what we knew, normally do. Look what it says in Luke. I mean, John, chapter 11, verse 20. Mary and Martha were complaining, and all the people were complaining. Well, how come Jesus didn't heal this guy? Look what it says. It says, Now Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, with an attitude, rolling her neck, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask God, he will give you. If you would have been here, if you would have done something different, Lord, it's your fault that he's dead. How many times have you been through something and you start blaming God because you don't trust God's ways? God's ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so God's thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways, his timing, his method are not our ways, not our timing, our method. And let me tell you something, I've learned that... Just went learned that the hard way. Look what it says in John chapter 11, verse 32, 37. Then Mary came where Jesus was and saw him and fell down and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother and, and, uh, uh, would not have died. Therefore when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come see. And Jesus wept. And the Jews said, see how he loved them. And some of them said... Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? We see Jesus as someone who's supposed to keep us from pain and that is not his role. If you're going through something right now, you're like, God, how come? How come? That's not his role. His role is not to necessarily make us happy. His role is to make us holy. And by the way, when things bad happen to us, we can't blame it on God like God's doing it. But we can't look to God to see what's good's going to come out of it. We live in a fallen, jacked up, evil world. And stuff happens. But in the middle of that stuff, instead of praying, God, get me out of my jam. God, get me through my jam. Instead of God delivering me, God, purify me through my stuff. And that's what Jesus does. His ways are not our ways. His timing is not our timing. His methods are not our methods. Let me tell you something. Day after day, my wife was suffering. And she was like, God, please, God, please. And, and every day I would come down and say, are you okay? And it, it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I was like, God, please, God, please. And then she went to the hospital. And every seven, eight nights she was in there, seven days. God, please, please. And by the way, they told me she was going to be in there weeks. She ended up only being there one week. But, so that was a praise. But it wasn't soon enough for us on our timetable. But it was on God's timetable. And one morning when I was praying with Pastor Matthew at my house, I was praying, dear God, heal my wife. Dear God, heal my wife. And as I was praying, and if, you, if you're a praying person, you know this is true. When you pray, God just has stuff come out. I mean, you know you're praying in the spirit when you start saying stuff that you're not thinking. When just stuff comes out, and I'm praying, Lord, heal. And I said, heal. And then He said, uh, heal my pride. Heal my relationship with my wife. We have a good relationship, but heal whatever's not right. Heal my relationship with the church. Heal my perspective on my life. Heal my perspective on my freedom. God was birthing something out of me through this trial. And then I started telling people I was pregnant. Because through all that time, God was birthing, and he still is, birthing something out of me. And the foundation is going to be the faithfulness of God. God was faithful. Even when things were not going the way I wanted, the way she wanted, God, when they were taken into the hospital... The young lady who took her in. There were two nurses: one who came to console me, and one to console my wife. Those two nurses were the same two nurses that brought her out eight days later. And they were incredible blessings. All the nurses and all the doctors that that attended to her and served her were absolutely incredible. We actually made a video to send to them. They were so so God sent to her. God is faithful. His ways are faithful. And if you're in something right now and it's hurting you, let me tell you something. You have to say out loud, God is faithful. His ways are faithful. His timing is faithful. His thoughts are faithful. He can never not be faithful. And number three, resurrection freedom acknowledges God's promises are faithful. You have to read the word of God. You cannot fill your head with fear. You cannot fill your head with what's on CNN, what's on Fox, what's on MSNBC, whatever it is. You have to fill your head with this right here. What are God's Promises to you. I want to declare, read some of these promises. You have to declare, read, memorize, uh, learn God's promises. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 2 Corinthians one twenty. the promises of God in Him are yes. The promises of God in Christ are yes. Now, when you are obeying Jesus and God makes your promise, that promise is going to come through. In Him, Amen. Man, the promises of God are yes. You need to memorize that promise, that verse, that God's promise. Promises. Oh, yes, you, the Bible says in Joshua 1.9, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it, that you may prosper and have great success. Have I not commanded you, be faithful and be courageous. I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. Do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. I, the Lord your God, am with you. But you have to meditate in this day and night. You have to talk about God's promises. James one two to five. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. If God tests your faith, it will produce patience. And let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, mature and complete, lacking nothing. And if you lack wisdom, let him who ask God, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally, liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. God promises that if you go through a trial. That, that will mature your faith and if you want no God, what am I going through? What am I supposed to learn? Ask God and he will show you in his time, in his way. Declare God's promises. Hebrews 13, For he himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Declare that over yourself. Declare that over yourself. My wife and I have been together since 1980. A lot of y'all have not been, weren't even born. Some of y'all weren't born until 2000. And for many, many years, we talked about dying together. That's our dream. We don't, it doesn't matter how long it is from now, just as long as we can go together. And last week I thought that wasn't going to happen. And then God gave it back to me. He raised it from the dead. And he says, I'm faithful. I don't know if we're going to die together. And you know what, even if she would have died, God still would have been faithful. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel chapter 3. They were told to bow to an idol, Nebuchadnezzar's idol. Or oh, they're going to get thrown in a fiery furnace. And they said, we ain't bound. I'm, a, I'm a paraphrase. We ain't bound. And if you throw us in the fire, God will deliver us. And by the way, if we die, we're still good. We go to heaven. So many words. Don't matter. Do what you got to do, Nebuchadnezzar. The promise of God. Romans 8:11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you... He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Whether we die together or not, we will both be raised. God wants to give you life. Eternal. Life abundant now, but life eternal. He wants to turn all your pain into a new level of trust For his faithfulness. If you're going through something right now, something's dying. And hopefully, what is dying is your lack of faith, your lack of trust. And what is being resurrected is a new level of faithfulness to God, trust in the faithfulness of God, a new level of understanding of the faithfulness of God, a new level of trust in God, obedience to God. But at some point, we are physically going to die and be raised from the dead for us who believe in Christ. If you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, to fill you with the spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And It's a simple prayer to say, Lord, I admit that I am flawed, imperfect, a sinner, and that... I am going to die. Physically. But I don't want to die spiritually. My body will go on the ground and decay but my heart, my soul I want it to go to heaven. So I acknowledge that Jesus died and rose from the dead for me conquering death. Death where is your sting? It is nowhere if if my Savior rose from the dead and is going to grant me that eternal life. So if you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, To fill you with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God that will raise you from the dead. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and pray this prayer with me as simple as A, B, C. Admit, believe, and commit. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for raising Lazarus from the dead and then commanding them to set him free. I pray, Lord, that we, as we go through our trials, would be set free. From what we used to fear, what we used to doubt, what we used to, be, what we used to lack in. That we would be set free to walk trusting your faithfulness. So dear God, I pray for all the people listening that you would bless them, stir their heart with anticipation that you are going to forgive them. And deliver them. In the privacy of your heart, pray, Dear God, I admit that I am a sinner. I believe that Jesus is Lord, that He died and rose from the dead. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I commit my life to you. I trust in your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please text the word SAVE to 52525. We would love to help you on your journey in your relationship with God. Thank you so much for blessing me with your presence. Thank you so much for your prayers. And next week we're going to start a new series called The Disciple. I'm so excited about it. We're going to talk about the disciples in the Bible and encourage you to take that next step and say, I want to be a disciple. God bless you.